1: This episode contains explicit language. Welcome to Mom and Dad are Fighting, Slate's parenting podcast for Monday, August 6th, the, am I being overprotective edition? I'm Zach Rosen, I make another podcast, it's called The Best Advice Show, and I'm dad to Noah, who's five, and Ami, who's two. We live in Detroit.
2: And I'm Dween Richards. Well, I'm so glad to be back on the podcast. I have two daughters, Emiko, who is 12, Rako, who is 10, and we live in Los Angeles.
0: Hola, I'm Lucy Lopez, and I'm so happy to be back. I host the Mamacita Riga podcast. I'm mama to Amelia, who's 13, and Avery, who is 10, and we live in Miami.
1: Today on the show, we've got a parent who wonders if they're being too overprotective, or is it that their husband is being too underprotective? But before that, our return guest, Dwayne Richards, is working on a project that I want to learn more about. It's called the Anti-Racism Fight Club for Kids. And finally, we'll end today by recommending some things we've been loving lately. See you back here in a second. Okay, Dween, you're the founder of the Anti-Racism Fight Club for Kids. It's founded in part on the belief that, as Frederick Douglass once wisely said, it's easier to build strong children than repair broken men. What is the Anti-Racism Fight Club for Kids? My
2: day job is I run a business about anti-racism training for corporations and schools. Mm. I've worked with a lot of big, big companies. But... I realized that the secret sauce in this is that kids really need help in terms of learning about racism. And we all know what's going on in Florida right now with the governor and what his plans are as far as teaching middle schoolers that slavery was beneficial to some Black people. And if that's not indoctrination, I have no idea what is, but uh, that's people rewriting history to serve their own interests. So yeah. I see a lot of white parents specifically who are like, what can I do to offset this? We I want to make sure that my children are being taught the truth. So what I have done is I've created two things. One is a online course where I teach the kids the basics about anti-racism in, in history. But the big thing that I do is I select about 10 kids and I have them go through a, really a boot camp, like as far as like how to be truly anti-racist and know the truth about what it is to be black in America and how to be a good ally for people of color Mm -hmm. in America. And I keep that to only 10 kids because it's really intensive. And it's usually middle school age kids where I'll meet with them for a week, and I'll talk to them about what the struggles are, ha- answer any questions they have, and give them homework assignments around race inequity, and inclusion. And it's been really powerful, but it's not for the faint of heart. It's not for people who are looking the window shop. This is for kids who truly want to do it. But also, lastly, I help parents too. So I coach parents on how to teach their kids about racism, the things that they should say, the things that they shouldn't say, how to deal with their racist family members, their racist people in their schools or in their neighborhoods.
1: What do you find to be one of the most effective homework assignments you give parents and kids? Why don't you give us two, one for parents and one for kids?
2: It's actually the same answer, um, Zach, mm. for both, is I asked them, what? once we discuss what racism is, I asked them, what is the most racist thing you have ever done in your lifetime? Mm. And, and in doing so, I tell them, that, don't worry, I'm not going to hold again. I'm not going to email your employer or your school or anything like that. But I want them to know, have them dig down into that discomfort and recall that. And then I ask them, what have you learned from that moment? And it's a really powerful exercise because it makes people feel that uncomfortable feeling that black people and people of color feel on a daily basis. And then to sit with that and to be like, oh, I never want to feel that feeling again. This is what I've learned, and this is what I can do better next time. And it's a really powerful exercise. And it's one that not a lot of people can do. A lot of people are like, oh, well, I just don't feel comfortable doing that. And I remind them, like, hey, if you don't feel comfortable, imagine what it feels like being a black man in America on like a random Tuesday. It's yeah. not fun. So you got to lean into that discomfort. And that's something that I really feel good about doing is helping people live and sit with that discomfort as they navigate through their anti-racism journey. Right on.
0: I I have a question. I just recently shared with my 13-year-old something that happened to me when I was their age. And we were driving out of Florida to New Jersey. It was a family trip right after we passed Orlando. So now we're like in northern Florida, which is let's just say it's northern florida
2: south alabama
0: yes sir (laughs) and when we're entering my father who was a my father's a veteran my father was a federal officer for like almost 30 years pulled over and said to both me and my sister do not speak spanish don't talk to anybody we're gonna get off we're gonna use the restrooms you know like the rest stop And he looked at my mom and he goes, you, don't say a word. And I remember just kind of like, not really understanding what was going on. And I was bold enough to ask my dad, hey, why are you telling us not to say that, daddy? And he goes, because the people here do not like what color I am, they don't like the way your mom sounds, and they definitely don't wanna hear two little girls that look like you or sound like you. They don't want us here. So we're gonna just go in, do what we gotta do, and leave. And I remember it just leaving such an impression in in who I was as, you know, a little kid and being very, very scared. As we got older, my father shared with me stories of him being called the N-word, the S-word, growing up in New York. I also shared that with my kids. There happened to be a family member in the room when I shared this story and they said, don't you think that's like a little too much to be sharing with your kids? And I said, absolutely effing not. Mm-hmm. They need to understand this part of our life. And they need to understand that outside of this, because I feel like Miami's a bubble. Outside of this Miami bubble, life is very freaking different. Did I answer her correctly? Or should I have taken that moment to like teach her something too?
2: I think... When people say this, and this is a common thing, and I think this is good for the podcast listeners to hear because I know there's a lot of allies out there. So often I hear like, oh gosh, it's so hard for kids. I don't want to subject myself, my kids to this. And it's like, look, Mm -hmm. man, I was called the N-word at nine the first time. Like, do you think I was ready for that? Do you think my mom was ready for that when I told her what happened? And none of us are ready for that so Mm -hmm. it's we have to get to the point where it's like look man this is hard it's uncomfortable it's not gonna be it's not gonna feel good to hear these things but it it will help and also one quick point to make as well is like the reason why this stuff is happening in florida just so y'all know like if you just want to just move all of the bs away from it it comes down to this If kids grow up, just similar to the quote that Zach said from Frederick Douglass in the beginning, it's like if kids grow up believing that anti-racism is the way to go and that diversity and inclusion should be accepted and and believed in, guess what happens? White supremacy and racism die. That's what happens. But if you benefit from racism and white supremacy, you're going to be, oh, no, 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 we're not going to talk about this. And they'll make all these banned books like they, my books, my children's books have been banned in a bunch of libraries across America, which is crazy. Wow. And the, yeah, so it's just, it just comes down to that. It's just like, if you are against white supremacy, then you will be in favor of kids believing in diversity, equity and inclusion. And all we're saying to all the listeners, Zach and Lucy, is that we just we don't want revenge. We don't want more than anyone else. We just want equity and equality. That's all we want. We don't want revenge. We just want to be treated equally.
0: I think yeah. it's crazy that you use the word revenge. Like, that's insane that somebody would think that entire population wants revenge. Like, I don't know. I'm like, I come from a, a very different background. You know, we all have different backgrounds. My dad is... Afro Latino, and I re- i just remember, like, just remember that conversation on that ride to New Jersey, like it was yesterday. And uh, this is—it's like my dad is tough, and he's the Bronx, and he's New York, uh. and he's all that. And duh duh. And I just remember just seeing this, like, little, like this. Hey, we can't. You can't, don't talk here. Don't say anything. Look down and then later in life him having the courage to share with me his personal experiences with the Ku Klux Klan like showing up to a diner that he was eating at and he was wearing a uniform
1: a military uniform a military uniform and
0: they showed up they showed up in trucks and and my dad just being like blown away by that and him sharing that hurt with me has it it, i mean changed me forever who i am and who i love and and to kind of like share that story with my kids in front of other adults and those adults not understanding why i was sharing that i'm like what are you guys crazy he's need to know the truth this is real life you know yeah yeah, yeah it's crazy. sorry. I get really passionate and I like, get a little no, emotional because it's, like, it's like, this is real life. Real yeah. life is happening around us, y'all. Wake up.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is. we if folks want to learn more about joining the uh, anti racism fight club or just getting some more resources, what's the best place for them to go?
2: Yeah, I would just tell them to just go to com. D as in dog, O as in ocean, Y as in young, I as in island, N as in nacho, Richards.com, and just go there and find, just go through and read what it offers. And then if you feel like that's something that you're interested in, or if you want me to bring it to your school, your workplace, or what have you, shoot me cool. an email, and we'll make it Great. happen.
1: Great. Cool. Um, thanks for that. And uh, we're going to be right back with our listener question. We're back, and we're going to hear our question. Hi, all. My husband and I are having some fundamental disagreements, and I'm feeling at pretty dire straits. I'm absolutely willing to accept I'm too overprotective or just flat-out wrong, but I'm hoping to get unbiased perspectives on safety concerns we can't sort out. Our daughter will be two next month. Often, when my husband puts her in her car seat, the straps aren't tightened completely. He says he cannot tighten them any further, but the times I look, I can. His driving also leaves me anxious, but for this question, I'll focus on the straps. Additionally, he believes our daughter can go up and down stairs independently. She's pretty great at it, but I'm very conscious to follow closely as we have an 1800s New England home and very steep steps. She needs to touch the wall and or hold hands to be successful. I've now walked in on a variety of instances where I see my daughter navigating stairs without my husband present. He's quick to say he's watching her from wherever, but there is no supervision. These are just the two most major issues I'm concerned about for her safety. I'm hoping to present an unbiased account to gain feedback. Can anyone let me know how to proceed? Signed, am I being overprotective? (laughs) Lucy, what do you say?
0: Look, sounds like you got to remind your partner that children hospital visits are incredibly expensive. (laughs) But at the same time, like, I'm kind of the lax parent, and a lot of it has to do with my own upbringing. My mom wasn't from this country, and a lot of things that just, like, happened. It just happened, and I think that kind of trickled down into my own parenting behavior, if you will.
1: What do you mean a lot of things just happened?
0: I remember once playing hide-and-go-seek in my my house and and, uh, tripping over a glass Ah, mug that was on the floor.
1: When you're not, like, in unexpected places. But
0: instead of, like if that would have happened to one of my kids, I would have picked up my kid, we gone to the ER or the urgent care and take that. My mom literally just went up to my knee, pulled the glass shard out of my knee and was like, that'll heal, put a Band-Aid on it, go. Yeah. And that's the way that I was raised. Mm-hmm. And when I first born, I was like kind of like buckling her into her seat, kind of loosely, like not really all the way. Mm-hmm. And my husband was like, we, get in the car we're gonna go do something and he took me to the local firehouse i'm not making that this yeah. is a true story took us to the local firehouse had them install the seat for us yeah sure taught me my mom my dad how to buckle in the kid then gave us a few stories on how you know not strapping in your kid the right mm-hmm. way can change everybody's life right and I think with your partner, you got to be real honest, open with your partner and have these awkward conversations, because this is now when your child is basically a blob. Uh, not, I'm not calling your kid a blob. I'm just saying, like, you know, sometimes kids at that age are just like little yeah. blobs with yeah, legs. It's cute. You all want to be on the same page before your blob can walk upright mm. and order off the kid menu. I'm just saying.
2: Mm-hmm. What do you think, Dwayne? Uh, Okay, I have a little different perspective. I just feel like the world needs to be explored. And I I just feel like sometimes if we have the lawnmower parent around just making sure every single obstacle is removed, the kid's going to grow up and be like, wait, where's mommy and daddy to remove this obstacle for me? Now, Mm. to be clear, I'm not saying that you should let your kid go down stairs and roller skates or Or do stuff like that or, you know, make omelets for themselves at five years old. I'm just saying that (laughs) you have to realize that that dad, this person's partner, wants what's best for his child, too. He's not he Mm -hmm. does not want to see her get this child get injured or get hurt. Right. It's just parents may have a different way of going about things, but that difference doesn't make it wrong. It just makes it different. So I, I would say for her to just kind of take a deep breath and realize that this man is not incompetent or else she wouldn't have married him. And well, I mean, I do know divorce happens and stuff, but I'm just saying that like for the most part, you know, she loved him for a reason. Right. right. And decided to have kids with him for a reason. Let, as the kids say nowadays, like let him cook, like let him cook, let him do his thing let him do his thing and just let my, my
0: favorite thing is walking into a conversation with your partner who's like listen i know you're not incompetent but
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah i know you're not an idiot but but <laughs> so, it just, I, i'm just saying like just give the dude cut him some slack and realize yeah. that he also wants what's best for your child it may not be the way that you do it mom but as long as it's not like egregious like she's like sitting on a lap like Britney Spears circa 2007 with the with the baby, like let him do his thing and try to just let him, and I get it, I know it can be anxious and anxiety, a lot of anxiety around the fact that the way he drives, the, the buckling of seats and all that, but just trust that he wants what's what for that child.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think you both need to move a little bit, you and your husband. I think he shouldn't be in the other room when you're you know, uh, almost two-year-old yeah. is going up the stairs, maybe just, like, watching from a bit of a distance. But you <laughs> but you don't need to be, like, you know, spotting them as if they're climbing a mountain. So I think if you could relax a little bit and if you could tighten up a little bit, that might help. Just, I think it would also help your relationship to know that you're both kind of invested in meeting each other um, in the middle and changing a little bit for one another. And then practically, like, there are, like, step pads, like stair pads, which you can get online. You know, it's like the the rectangular like little piece of rug or gauze or whatever um i don't know if that would would make you feel any better than having the kid directly on the steps this isn't about the steps though right like this is that's that's just an example also like if his driving is making you anxious like i agree with dween that like your husband probably does have you know your kid's best interests at heart however like if his driving is making you anxious like that that should be something that you, you should be able to have a conversation with him about. I need to see, like, how fast he's going in a 45 lane to to make an objective, unbiased account like you're asking for. <laughs> like, is he going 70 in a 45? Then that, that would leave me anxious, too. Or is he going, like, 49 in a 45? I'd say if he's going anywhere above 57, you have the right to feel anxious. But, yeah, I mean, there's that quote. What's that quote? Um it's like being a parent is like wearing your heart on the outside of your body. Right. So like it totally makes sense. Um, and I, and I empathize with you like, ah, you know, just the, the kind of having your hands up all the time. Uh, Cause you don't want your kid to get injured. Like Lucy said, like your kid's going to get injured. Yes. We can do various things to mitigate that. We can like not have like a sharp glass coffee table or whatever. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's just really hard. And I feel like just parenting in and of itself is just like this ongoing process of just like learning how to let go little by little by little. Your my unbiased account is that you are being overprotective, but just a little bit, but I'm the same way. So I'm not judging you. So am I being overprotective? Thank you so much for writing to us. Really appreciate it. If you have any questions about car safety, we actually had an interview this summer with the baby gear guy. It was full of really good safety tips. We're going to link to that in our show notes. It might put you at ease over protective parent. And if you out there listening have some advice to share, you can always share it at slate.com or leave us a voicemail at 646-357-9318. We love getting these voicemails from you because we get to hear your voice. 646-357-9318 lastly you can submit your question on our slate parenting facebook page and there you'll get the added bonus of getting really thoughtful feedback from our legion of incredible parents and guardians to sign up for slate parenting just go to facebook and search slate parenting and fill out our brief form to verify that you are a real person okay finally let's move on to the part of the show where we share something we are loving right now lucy i know you're very excited to share your recommendation i am so excited to hear it (laughs) bring it
0: all right. So first of all, I just want to say that I love budget friendly activities, Yes. but they got to be cool. They got to be cool. Totally. Um, last time I shared with you guys, you know, select family night movies from your childhood, share them with your kids. Very fun. And it's something that they'll totally look forward to. Well, here's another budget friendly activity but make a cool idea. Um, We pick five songs that are currently their favorite songs, right? And I find all the songs that are sampled in their favorite songs and we make a playlist. We listen to them in order and find the spots that are sampled and when I tell you, it is a blast to do because mm. now they don't listen to music the way they used to. Now they're like, is that sampled? Is that song sampled? And um, the song that started it out for us was Players by Koi Leroy-, Leroy. And it blew my girls' minds. Like they, they were like floored. Uh, her song, mm. Players, uh, samples the um, 1982 hip hop classic, The Message by Grandmaster Flash and The Furious Five, classic. which was also added um, to several of several songs that I grew up listening to, like uh, Check Yourself by Ice Cube, and of course, 1997 classic uh, Can't Nobody Hold Me Down by Puff Daddy, and the 2011 song Teen Pregnancy by Blank Banshee, which we don't have on our playlist, but you get the point. The point is, get like five songs your kids love, do some light research on Google, find the songs that your kids You know, favorite TikTok Mm -hmm. songs are sampling. That's cool. It is a blast, a blast, a blast.
1: (laughs) It's a a great way to teach your kids to be analytical. A really fun exercise. (laughs) Love it. What do you got, Dween?
2: So mine is really going to be short and very simple. And I am recommending naps for yes. (laughs) Can I just do that? Because yes, I don't know what is going on. Why do y'all think that naps are for babies? Like
1: or lazy people.
2: Yeah, or lazy people. You can nap in the middle of the day. It doesn't have to be like a three hour nap. But if you nap for like 45 minutes and you wake up, you go, you take a nap at like one o'clock, wake up at 145. I'm telling you, you are going to be a beast for the rest of the day in a good way. Like mm-hmm. you're going to be active, your mind's going to feel refreshed. You're going to have more energy. You're going to have more clarity. Why don't more people nap? Like in foreign countries, they have like nap rooms and they have all these things. Like have got
1: siestas in Spain. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. But we look at America where you got to work and uh, all this stuff from eight to six. And right, man, th- mixing a nap. I'm telling you, you'll feel so much better. So I highly recommend naps.
1: What's your nap strategy?
2: oh so it depends if we're talking weekdays or weekends so let's talk about weekdays yeah let's do yeah for weekdays similar like if it's like one like i usually because i work for myself so I, i set my own schedule so i try to right around lunchtime after lunch where it's that food coma starting to hit yep it's like maybe like 1 to 145 take a quick nap get up and then attack the afternoon. It, it just works like if i don't take my nap i feel grumpy and just unproductive it's just we need to normalize naps people
0: my friend
2: 100%. i agree
0: with you 100 percent on the nap thing i've been taking naps since day one and i can tell you this right now a good nine and a half minute nap will do wonders for your mental health. Mm-hmm. I do a nine and a half minute nap every day at three o'clock, Monday through Friday. And on the weekends, wow. I take an hour nap from two to three. And I don't care what we're doing, my ass is taking a nap.
1: Are you in it's bed or on the couch?
0: Perfection, um, couch, on a chair. Doesn't in doesn't matter. Uh, be- it doesn't matter. No. I will take, I have taken a nap in my car, AC on. Oh, yeah. Constantly. I have tricks on how to yeah. fall asleep really fast. I've been doing them for like 20 years now, and it is divine perfection. So yes, on that nap, along with my playlist, let's go.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm totally co-signing this. I, I do a 20-minute, so I'm right between the nine and 45-minute, but I do a 20-minute nap at least three times a week. Um, I, I never get under the covers for a nap. I don't know about you two. Are you no over, over the covers?
2: Same. Over the covers for nap. Over the or, else covers. or else it's nighttime. It's over. Like, right. Only, yeah, always <laughs> yeah. over the covers. Yeah. Under the covers for nighttime only. My
1: favorite nap is like February in Michigan. It's snowing out. I like pull my car up to the Detroit River, get the heat going, get some like um get some like drone music going. And there's nothing better than like a twenty minute nap. It's ten degrees outside, but like eighty degrees in my car. Mm. Mm-mm.
0: My girlfriends made fun of me. They were like, are you entering your senora stage? And, and I'm like, said, yes, absolutely. yes, I am in fashion. In high fashion, I am entering this senora stage. <laughs> so.
1: Um Well, so my recommendation, this is a bleak way to end the show, but I th- I think it's kind of a beautiful poem. It's called This Be the Verse by the great Philip Larkin. It's from his collected poems. It's about not, well, you'll see what it's about. I'll read the whole thing. It's three stanzas, super short, but um. I came across it this weekend it just struck me and i apologize in advance for this this be the verse by philip larkin they fuck you up your mom and dad they may not mean to but they do they fill you with the faults they had and some extra just for you but they were fucked up in their turn by fools in old style hats and coats who half the time were soppy stern and half at one another's throats man hands on misery to man it deepens like a coastal shelf Get out as early as you can, and don't have any kids yourself. Now I'm feeling like, why would you share that, Zach? But
0: I'm gonna know. go take a nap now. Yeah, I
1: needed, <laughs> I need, I need the, the Dween 45 minute nap after that. So sorry, <laughs> but I don't know.
0: It's okay.
2: <laughs> no, well, safe I actually, space. I, I kind of felt that though. I kind of felt it. I can. I actually kind of dug that.
1: Man hands on misery to man. That line just gets me. It's like, oof. So mm-hmm. true. That's it for our show. Please subscribe <laughs> to our show. Leave a rating and review and tell your friends. This episode of Mom and Dad are Fighting is produced by the great Rosemary Belson and the great Mora Curry. Shasha Leonard is the voice of our listeners. Alicia Montgomery is VP of Slate Audio. For Lucy Lopez and Dwayne Richards, I'm Zach Rosen. Thank you so much for listening.